This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Twenty-four to eighteen, your final score on Thursday night football as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will lose their third game in a row and fall to three and four on the season. An incredibly disappointing loss to the Buffalo Bills on prime time in a game that, while the final score makes it seem like it was much closer than it was, just too little, too late for the Bucks and going to be a short show. Uh, no intro this week. No flashy intro. It, it was just. It was one of those games. Uh, it felt like it took years off of my life, and we're going to try our best here to break it down. Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast. I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. And we are still reeling as we are live to react to the Buccaneers' 24-18 loss on Thursday night football. Felt like for a while in this game, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And uh, ultimately, another big fat L for the Buccaneers on the schedule. Yeah, and, and you know another game where the offense has looked lack, lackluster. Um, I mean, basically scored 10 points, right? I mean, yeah, they, they scored that touchdown at the end, got the two-point conversion, but you know, Buffalo bailed them out with two fourth-down penalties in a row. So um, really, you could say, yeah, they shouldn't even have gotten that close. So yeah, another... It's another game where the offense just hasn't been able to put it together. And, uh, you know, I mean, six points scored in week six, 13 points scored week seven, and basically 10 scored in week eight. So simply you're, you're not going to win football games like that. You're just, you're just not. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. have the answer for how things get better for this offense. Like I just, I don't know how things are going to get better. Like I thought this was one of the worst offensive line games that they've had um, all season. Uh, Baker was especially late, like constantly under duress. Cody Malk probably his worst game as a pro. Um, you know, Trista Wirth said the penalty um, just, you know, uh, Cody Malk also had a big penalty on the Mike Evans play. Just, I don't know how this gets any better. Um so, like, are they going to go winless? No, because, like, there's going to be games where they're going to be able to score 17 points and maybe win because the defense holds the team to 13. Um, but, like, I'm I'm not expecting much out of this offense, and I don't know how anybody else can either. Yeah, it, it was tough sledding tonight. Obviously, looking for the run game to get involved. And Rashad White, nine carries for 39 yards, averaging 4.3 yards a tote. I think I said earlier this week, if you give them 15 carries... He's going to get 65 yards. He didn't get 15 carries, but I do think he was on pace to get that. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, when you're playing as far behind as 24 to 10 in the second half, you're going to have to abandon the run at some point, and that's what they did. But Rashad White, very productive night. 
on the bright side, he did lead the team in receiving as well as rushing uh, seven receptions and 70 yards. So 109 total yards from scrimmage for Rashad White. We've been waiting for him to have a big week, but everything else on the offensive side of the ball just felt like it it, it simply was not enough. Uh, Baker wasn't hitting the throws. Felt like the Bucks could not get any sort of break when it came to starting field position. I, I mean, yeah. may have been the best statistical game by a punter in NFL history because, of <laughs> course, it was. Uh, it, it seemed like every time they got the ball, they're starting from inside their own 10-yard line, even down to the final few minutes of this game. Chris Godwin, five receptions for 54 yards. Mike Evans was pretty quiet tonight. Three receptions mm-hmm. for 39 yards. And, and the problem with that was it wasn't even like Buffalo had had – had put a lot of resources towards trying to slow down Mike Evans. They, they didn't go to him. They just didn't see him. Like yeah. either Baker didn't see him or he didn't go to him. Like you said, they were showing highlights all night long of the separation that Mike Evans was able to create. The prime vision broadcast said that he was averaging over three yards of separation throughout the entire game, which for a guy like Mike Evans is considerable. Oh, and, and, uh, and in the, in the, in the NFL, that's open. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's as open as open gets. But let's talk about Baker Mayfield while we do talk about some of the offense and what went wrong. 25 for 42, 237 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, but a couple more passes batted down at the line of scrimmage, a couple more missed shots downfield, you know, missed Mike Evans on that first down, which was a weird tacky throw. I was waiting for the replay, but I wasn't sure what went wrong there. But regardless, miscommunication didn't hit his guy. And just not a lot of ability to drive the ball downfield. You know, the biggest drive the Bucks had was a touchdown drive on 92 yards, which took eight minutes off of the clock, and they were bailed out on fourth down twice by two different penalty calls. So realistically, you look at the box score for Baker, 25 for 42, 237 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Looks like an average day. It looks like kind of what we've come to expect from what he's given us, but... It, there well, just it wasn't, wasn't if you watch the game, it wasn't good. It just wasn't there tonight. It, it was no. it was not a good game at all. The the the, the batted the batted passes are starting to become a problem. Um missed a lot of throws. Uh, honestly got away with probably two or three interceptions. Um where like Buffalo just nearly had it but didn't quite have it. At least one was a pick six. Yeah, just I don't know. And like I know there's going to be a lot of people that want Trask in the game, and I get. Um, I just don't think that happens at this point uh, in in the season. I just don't think that really is what's what's going to happen right now. So uh, I mean, but would it surprise me? Like I said, I think that, that this upcoming Texans game, right? I think this is the big one. I think the Bucks drop that one, and the offense still looks awful. Like I think then maybe you see a change. Uh, that'd be four losses in a row, five of your last six. You need a change at that point, I think. But uh, for now, uh, I don't think that uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be going anywhere as his team starter. Um, but he just has got to be better. And right now, you're starting to see this is who the guy is. Like, just is what it is. Like, this is what he's going to give you. And, like, it seemed like he just... I don't know. We had what seventeen incompletions. Felt like he had thirty incompletions. Like it felt like every pass was just gonna was incomplete. Um, and then you know we got again hesitant throwing the ball. Um, 
always pumping it or, you know, cocking it back and uh, just, you know, got to get rid of it and took too many sacks. Um, yeah, yeah, just again, not good enough, uh, not decisive enough, not good enough, got away with a few turnovers. And now you're starting to see a lot of pressure. Um, a lot of pressure is going to be on Baker Mayfield for, for next week. So uh, we have a 499 super jet from Deontay. Appreciate Deontay. Evans has a lot of leverage right now. There's offense without him out there. I doubt we score below average offense right now. I don't see improvement. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like I said earlier, Deontay, I mean, not sure how this gets better. And I mean, Mike Evans does have a lot of leverage because he's the best player on an offense. That's not very good. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's tough because there's more than one issue with this offense, you know, and um, it's it, it's tough to find an answer to all their problems. And um, there's not going to be a, a quick answer and it's not going to be an easy fix. And I think it's going to take weeks. And unfortunately, I don't know if Baker Mayfield has weeks. You know, I I don't know if he has that amount of time. Because like I said, like, you know, in past shows, once you go to Kyle Trask, it's doing one of two things. One, there is no going back. Um, there, there is no going back to Baker Mayfield once you start trading off quarterbacks. No, like you don't want to get into that. Two, once you put in Kyle Trask, to me, the Bucks are essentially saying the season is over. Right. Then that's why I'm hesitant to say, like, at three and four, that's why I'm hesitant to say that they're just going to give up on the season. Right. But I think if you lose that Texans game and the offense again looks lackluster, I think you got to do it. I, I just, because eventually, you know, your message of, oh, Baker's our guy, Baker's our guy, this offense will turn around. Eventually, it's going to get stale. Um, in that locker room because the defensive players and everybody else on, on the offense is going to be like, okay, when's it happening? Because, like, you know, you keep telling us that it's going to get better, but it's not. And, like, we keep losing games. And at this point, I just – there's a lot of heat on Baker. And if you ask me right now if he's finishing out the years of the Buck starter, I – I'm gonna. I I don't think so. Like I, I just I I don't know if he's gonna finish the year as the buck starter. I I just don't know. A real concern of mine is we start to talk about uh, you know week in and week out the constant struggles with this Buccaneers offense. The lack of discipline with this team has has been awful, but it it seems like it came on incredibly fast. I did not think discipline would be this much of an issue. As we allude to the penalties tonight by Tampa Bay, 11 penalties for 74 yards. I believe the second week in a row, they've had over 10 penalties, half of those coming from pre-snap penalties. Just three of those alone on Luke Gedeke, the right tackle tonight, who had a pretty rough game. I I, I don't know what to say. You know, I I really don't. Uh, This is obviously going to show up on coaching more than anything else, too. We can talk about the execution of the players, and we will. Because not only do the Bucks have a mini bye week, but we have more extra days to talk about what went wrong with this game, and uh, you know some more of the things going wrong with uh, the the Buccaneers' offense this year. But discipline, discipline falls directly on coaching. It falls into how prepared Todd Bowles had them for this game, and mm-hmm. we had hinted to it earlier this week on the game preview show about the complacency of Todd Bowles and and how. During his tenure as head coach, that was brought into question a lot during 2022 because in the second half of that season, it felt like the team was just kind of getting worse. 
And it mm-hmm. felt like they were just surviving week in and week out. Well, and, and they we're, were surviving we're, because of Tom Brady. Right. Know? I mean, he just wanted to survive and make it to the end of the year because <laughs> of, you know, everything else he had going on. But, you know, realistically, we're not even at the halfway point of the season. So there is a lot of football left to be played. A loss this week is going to hurt on a short week, and it's a loss that we expected. But for some reason, I come away feeling more disappointed than I expected to. Like, I didn't expect much, and I was still let down. <laughs> that's the kind of game it was tonight. It's um, like that that one um, that one meme where it's like the sign, like our expectations were were low for you, but holy, you know, yeah, holy bleep. Exactly. No, it, it, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. And and obviously, a lot of eyes going to turn to Todd Bowles, who after his third straight loss from a three and one start, is now going to be in the hot seat more so than ever. So between Todd Bowles and then I guess Dave Canales as well, we talk about his offensive game plan. The Bucks were just not prepared tonight. From the beginning of the game, they were not the better team, and and they never really were. I'll be honest with you. The, the interception, congratulations to Will Golston, 11-year NFL vet, got his first career interception tonight, so cool to see a big man interception. It was kind of a fluke play. Like, well, no, and also, it, it and, was, and that's like the Bucks scored their touchdown on that. Like they did. We could be we could be talking about right now the Buccaneers scoring three points if that interception never happens and the Bills don't commit two penalties on fourth down. The Buccaneers lose twenty four to three. Correct. Correct. Like, and, there's and, just and, there's there's zero juice on this offense. There's zero juice. And on top of that, as we transition the conversation from the offense over to the defense. Now, I wanted to talk about the brand of football the Buffalo Bills are playing tonight. And pardon my French, we don't get dirty on this podcast a lot, but the Buffalo Bills were playing some classic fuck you football on offense tonight. It was incredible the lack of respect that they paid the Buccaneers defense because they were up 14 points. And it could have been third and 12. It could have been third and five. And Josh Allen drops back and throws it 25 yards downfield with a busted up shoulder. Yeah. I mean, they took him into the blue tent, took him out for a couple of plays. They were concerned about his well-being, but he still threw for over 350 yards tonight, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry, 312 yards tonight. Over 450 total yards of offense for the Buffalo Bills. But, I mean, you know, for some reason, it felt like they were shying away from that big kill shot at the end of the game to just put the Bucks out of their misery, which is the only reason this game came down to a last-second Hail Mary for the Bucks. But... I, I got to say, like, they were definitely playing uh, some FU ball to the Buccaneers defense tonight. They were just throwing all over the yard. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, quick shout out to uh, the crazy Shank for a $2 super chat. Throwback for the Wendy's fun. Keep making content. Appreciate you. And then also Deontay with another four ninety nine super chat. Appreciate that, Deontay. Uh, also, our clock management and our non-aggressive play calling on fourth downs are awful. We have to help our defense and stay on the field. I agree. I mean, you know, the offense's inability to stay on the field on third downs just kills them. I mean, it, it really does. And um, I don't care how good your defense is when the defense is out there for most of the the game that's what's going to happen and i obviously the defense didn't look sharp especially to start the game uh obviously had that nice fourth down stand uh fourth and goal stand but again kind of like the atlanta thing you know like oh the defense forced three turnovers but like atlanta got down in the red zone for all those turnovers um the bill you know the defense forced a turnover on downs but the bills you know they ended up um you know they they were down there right they were on like the three yard line so um the defense, obviously, the second week in a row, second week in a row, they won the turnover margin but lost the football game. 
So we talk about, you know, the important things that you need to do to win football games. And one of them's create turnovers and limit turnovers. Well, the Bucs have been doing that. They haven't been winning. Like, I just, you know, I don't see, again, how this offense, unless this defense just goes nuclear, you know, and gives them a lot of short fields and a lot of, you know, golden opportunities. I don't see how this offense is going to consistently be able to score points week in and week out against NFL defenses. And there are some defenses that are going to be better than the Buffalo Bills. Like the Tennessee Titans, they're not a very good football team, but like they can play some stingy defense at times, right? You got them in two weeks. Mike Vrabel has them well coached. You got the San Francisco 49ers in a few weeks. Like, that defense is arguably the best in the NFL. Like you got some tough ones coming up. Um, you know, and I just don't know how this offense gets out of it. And that's my biggest takeaway from tonight is like you were hoping to find a little bit of juice, a little bit of pop. And instead it's just nothing. Like there's just there's there's nothing on this offense, man. They don't get the ball into Mike Evans' hands. They don't get the ball into Chris Godwin's hands enough. Like they, they don't do, you know, anything to help out their quarterback really. The quarterback doesn't really help out the offense much by missing open guys, being inaccurate. The offensive line doesn't help out by being in, inconsistent. They still can't really run the ball. Even though Rashad White, you know, like his average was better tonight. They still can't run the ball. Like this offense is just it is what it is. I mean, it's it's a bottom tier NFL offense. Like it just, it just is. Can't run the ball when it matters. You know, can't run the ball when it's worth a damn. At no point did the Bucks control the game tonight, but they certainly tried to give the ball to Rashad White. And again, his average went up only nine or ten carries tonight. But if he would have had more, I guarantee he would have had a solid game. But you're playing from behind. You have to allow Baker to throw the ball, and and he just wasn't hitting his guys tonight. Obviously. It wasn't there when they needed it. And and that's kind of been one of the bigger stories with this offense this year as well is just how it, they can't show up in the moments where they need them to show up. Like, unfortunately, Mike Evans, maybe it's on Baker for not seeing him, but Mike was open tonight, but he didn't show up when the Bucks needed him in the first three quarters. You know, it felt like he finally got those big chunk plays in the fourth quarter and finally got the Bucks on the board with the touchdown at the end of it to, to bring it close, but... I just don't know what it is, man. Talking the, about the real quick before we move on to the defense, because this is going to be a shorter show. Before we move on to the defense, Greg Allman tweeted during the game: the Bucks' offensive drive since tying the game at ten. This was during the game. Their offensive drive since they tied the game at ten went down to nothing. And at that point, you were like, "Oh boy!" Right? Like, I think at that point, I was like, "Oh, this could be a little ugly. Like, this could be ugly." And that was ten nothing with the Bills getting stopped on fourth and goal as well. So include that. Um, Bucks offensive drive since tying the game at 10. 29 yards in a punt, 18 yards in a punt, 9 yards in a punt, 6 yards in a punt. You're not going to win football games that way. It's just, it's not going to happen. I don't care who you play. Like, you will lose to the Arizona Cardinals if you play that way. Like, you will lose to the league. You played the Chicago Bears again and the offense plays like that? You're going to lose. Like, like you're gonna lose. It's just the offense. And and look, like I understand, you know, Dave Canales, first time play caller, but like he's got to be better. Like he has to be better. It's just, it's brutal. It it is brutal to watch right now. And like I understand, they're not as talented on offense as in years past. Doesn't matter. Like 
Work with what you got. Make the most of what you got. And the Buccaneers just don't do that right now. And part of that is coaching. Like, obviously, the players have to execute. I said that when Byron Leftwich was here. And I'm going to say it when, you know, Dave Canales is here. And I'll say it, you know, whenever the next offensive coordinator is here, right? Like, the players have to execute, right? It's not all on Dave Canales. Dave Canales ain't out there missing open guys. He's not out there getting three false starts like Luke Gedeke. You know, he's not out there doing those things. But you also have to put your offense in the best position to succeed with what you have. And Dave Canales right now is not doing that. So um, that's sort of my last little note on the offense. I, I'm curious to hear your final thought on that. I think the stubbornness that we have seen exhibited by Todd Bowles in the past might be rubbing off to some other guys on his staff. Maybe Dave Canales as well. Because like you said, it doesn't seem like, at least during the course of a game he's really taking in what has happened and taking what the offense has given him and and trying to plan to what's going to work best in the second half or what's going to work best even on this next drive to change up what we've been trying to do. I feel like he goes into a lot of these games with a philosophy and a philosophy that's different than it was the week before, granted, because they know they have to get better, but he tries too hard to stick to it. Like, he's just too stubborn. Hey, I mean, the Bucks are consistent. One thing, Baker Mayfield for the second straight week threw the ball over 40 times. They did, and then we talked about for a while that magic number being 34. With this offense not getting any juice on the ground, they start throwing the ball more, and seemingly they're getting worse. Uh, Baker Mayfield being criticized more than ever because a lot of people have been saying since the start of the season, if you ask Baker to throw the ball over 40 times in a game, I don't know if things are going to be going that you're not, well. You're, you're not, you're not going to win many football games yet. Uh, asking Tom Brady to do it's one thing. Asking Patrick Mahomes to do it's one thing. After asking Baker Mayfield to throw the ball over 40 times is just not a recipe for success. And also important note, just for Baker, I mean, not even a defense because he wasn't good tonight, but the offensive line wasn't good either. And it's a patchwork offensive line. Uh, you got a hole at left guard now with Matt Filer. Aaron Stinney comes in. He was okay for for what he is, but you know that unit as a whole was not good. Tristan Wirfs, I think, was playing through some injury. They did say he had a quad contusion early in the game. He went down, limped off to the sideline. They brought out the blue tent, looked at him, and then he got back into the game, toughed it out. But I would not be surprised if you see him pop up on the injury report next week when the Bucks get ready for the next game. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On defense... Coming into this game, and honestly, a hot topic for the last couple of weeks has been efficiency on third down on both sides of the football. For the Bucs on offense tonight, they only went four for 15 on third down, but the league's worst third down defense allowed Josh Allen and the Bills to go seven for 13. So another week in a row where you lose the battle on third down, you lose the football game, but you just can't get off of the field. I mean, that's what we saw a lot in the second half of this game is the defense's inability to get off of the field. I mean, they, and while- they had a chance late, you know, and then Allen completed that ball to Diggs, and that was all she wrote pretty much. I mean, you know, Buffalo was was toying with their prey. It felt like, like I said, it seemed like they were avoiding Buffalo didn't that. play well. 
Yeah. They, they really, they, I mean, they only beat the Bucks by six. Like, and I understand the Bucks scored that late touchdown. Like, we've covered that, but like, Buffalo just, like, yeah, it, it seemed like kind of, yeah, like they sort of, they got up 24 to 10 and then really just let like the, the foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of drives in a row where it's fourth down and they run up to the line faking like they're going to either kick a field goal or run a play. They take the delay a game and they end up punting it, which again, credit to their punter because he played one of the best games I've ever seen from any special teams unit in the NFL. Um, but, you know, it's not how you put away a bad team. And and I think the Bills were a little slow to do that tonight. But yeah, I mean, on defense, where do you want to start? Uh, the biggest name in the Twitterverse right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a guy who's trending for another week in a row. I wonder what his stock report's going to look like. That is safety Ryan Neal. What I mean, I didn't think he was as bad this week as last week, but no, but good. every time they show him on my TV, it's right after something terrible happens, you know, like it'll be a 40 yard gain for the offense that they're playing that week. And then it just shows a shot of Ryan Neal standing there with his hands on his hips. He's just looking around in disbelief. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's the same old concept week in and week out. This guy just, yeah. Sucks. well, we can talk about a positive. I mean, you know, Antoine Winfield can't let him out the door, you know, best safety in the NFL for another week mm-hmm. in a row. Who's better? Mm-hmm. Who's better? Mm-hmm. Who's like, better? Uh, again, again, you, you I'm not going to have this. Argument. There's a, there is a difference between playing the best and being the best. There's a, there's a difference. And he's like, done both of those things this season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Nope. I don't. Mm, I, it's been a long night. I don't need this argument tonight. I don't have the mental health or the patience for this. You will agree to disagree with me that Antoine yeah, we well, yeah, we'll agree to disagree. But okay. yeah, very good. I mean, I don't know what Josh Allen was thinking on that throw. Like, again, that's what we talked about in the preview. Like, just he thinks he can make any throw. Like, Anton Winfield's right in his face. What does he think's gonna happen? Um, and then yeah, like you said earlier, good for Will Golston. You know, I mean, to be in the NFL that long, and obviously he's a defensive lineman, so it's not like he's played eleven years at corner and hasn't gotten a, a pick. Um, but like you know, to play in the NFL for that long and to be able to get that's pretty cool. And his career's winding down, or at least his career in Tampa's winding down. Like that's a that's something pretty cool. You know, he can keep that game ball. You know, like to to where you know, like hey, that was my 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 first interception. Like that that that's cool. Um, and it, yeah, and it opened the door. Like again, like you know, the Bucks defense again putting the offense in a good position. And uh, the defense didn't start off great, but Bills went down with ease. Chunk plays and their chunk plays still an issue. I think um, the chunk plays are still an issue for me on on defense. It's not a it's not a death by paper cuts. It's a death by knife wounds. Um, you know, it's. Again, I mean, Josh Allen was three for three, 50 yards on the opening drive early. Then the Bills end up having to settle for three, which in the Buccaneers defense has been so good in the red zone. I mean, but, you know, for as good as they are in the red zone, they were dead last in the NFL on third down. So, like, in third down wasn't much better tonight. Very high stress level viewing when you have a good red zone defense and, and you kind of see what the Bucs have done at least these last couple of weeks where you're left relying on that red zone defense more than anything else because you simply cannot stop them from making their way down the field. Wanted to get your thoughts as well about this Buccaneers pass rush. I know they were shorthanded, and I was a little more concerned about the run defense tonight with Vita Vea not out there, and then Logan Hall tweaking, uh, I don't know if it was his hamstring, or he had some oblong injury before the game, and was limited 
So we got an increased dose of Kalijah Kansi, but neither of those guys seem to be difference makers tonight. Josh Allen just had way too much time. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. It doesn't matter who you have back there. You could have Josh Allen, Jared Goff, or PJ Walker for Cleveland. I'm trying to think, you know, Zach Wilson. It doesn't matter. It could be the most mediocre QB you can think of. If you give them four or five seconds to find a receiver and throw the ball against soft zone coverage, they're going to make the play. And uh, unfortunately for the Bucs, those QBs seem to make the play week in and week out. But that, that was the biggest problem on defense. You know, third down defense is a thing in itself. But the lack of pass rush, just giving Josh Allen way too much time. And then obviously that, that soft zone coverage in uh, wildly inappropriate times. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, um, Bills 7 for 13 on third down, Bucks 4 for 15. So, um, yeah, does, does not good enough. Josh Allen, 31 of 40, 324, uh, two touchdowns, one interception, only had two sacks, pass rate on 106.7, nine, nine incompletions. I mean, that's going to tell you the story right there. Um, nine incompletions is not going to get it done uh, against, you know, uh, a, a team as good as the Bills. I even know they've been struggling. Um, a team uh, or quarterback, I should say, as good as Josh Allen, you just you got to make him make more mistakes than that. And like, it's just it's yeah. It, again, like I, I the defense, again, like the defense is gonna be sort of let off the hook, I think, because everybody's gonna be talking about the offense. But like the defense wasn't that great tonight. Again, they can't get off the field on third down. Yeah, they forced the turnover, but other than that, like they didn't really come close to forcing any other one besides the Jamel Dean fourth and goal play. Like they didn't come close to forcing another turnover. Um, didn't get nearly enough pressure. Like, yeah, I mean, two sacks. One of them was Yaya Diaby chasing him down when Josh Allen was about to run. Was sort of one of those weird ones where like Shoe could be tackle. counted as a, yeah, could yeah. be counted as a sack, could be counted as like a rush for like a negative rush for Josh Allen. Um, that's one of them. Like it's just. Yeah, not just not good enough. And this pass rush is not good enough. And they are going to continue to be torched on third downs until this pass rush can be better. Like that's just what's going to happen. And good quarterbacks are going to be able to continue to do that. And just like you said, even average ones, but the good ones are going to make it look ugly. And you you got a couple of good ones coming up, right? You got Brock Purdy in a few weeks. I've said the 49ers have struggled. They lost two straight, but you know, Purdy's given the bucks fits in the past. Um, you know, even like CJ Stroud has been really good for the Texans this year as a rookie. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence is coming up. Like, you got a lot of talented guys still left to be played. And uh, I just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the, like, I, the offense doesn't have enough juice. And it seems like the defense just doesn't have the ability to get the stop at the right time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a long weekend ahead of them. And while we have talked about how I don't expect them to be buyers or shakers at the trade deadline, just five days away from the recording of this podcast. I I do think if Todd Bowles wants a serious chance at not only losing his grip on the NFC South, which if the Falcons win this week, you know, it's already two games behind. It's an ugly situation, not looking to get much better, but you know, you kind of fall out of the race for the division, which is, the Bucks' biggest hope at the postseason this year. And you potentially lose control of this team if you don't take a good look at this roster, take a good look at the game film, take a good look at some of the guys who are just simply liabilities on this football team and, and make some lineup changes, you know, make some adjustments like you said you were going to in the past. I don't know what it is about Ryan Neal 
in particular, continuing to take up snaps week in and week out. Like you said, this wasn't his worst week, and I will agree. I don't think it was his worst week. Last week was pretty awful, mm-hmm. but enough is enough. Like, I, I need to see something different there. I just, I do. Uh, look at what you're putting on film for the rest of these teams to see, and look how they're taking advantage of this zone defense week in and week out. When you've got big physical corners who have proven to be able to make a play, you paid them a long-term extension to make those plays, and you continue to play them out of their element, and teams are just eating you up week in and week out. The complacency is my biggest concern right now because we talked about it with Byron Leftwich and how he grew complacent with the offense, and like that was one thing, but now you've got a fancy new play caller. While I'm not going to go as hard in the pain on Dave Canales this week because I... Not everybody has the level of patience with the guys I do, but he's a first-year play caller, and he's got a quarterback that's not playing up to potential, and he's got a historically bad run game. Like, let's give the guy a few more weeks before we run him out of town. But as far as how the Bucks look, when they come back from this 10-day break, if they look as lethargic as they did in the first quarter of this game, then obviously it's, it's going to be much more than just execution errors we're talking about after the game next week. No, for sure. Um, and and like that's why, again, that's why I think is, you know, it's not necessarily sound the alarm right now, but you go out and you lose to the Texans and the offense still looks bad. I think it is sound the alarm. So um, just to wrap things up, yeah, I don't expect them to do anything at the deadline. Um, just don't just don't think, think anything's going to happen. I don't think they want to give up assets. They also are, you know, it's still tight on money. So uh, I don't think that's really going to be something they're going to look to do. And also like at three and four, like you're less inclined to do something. I know the division is still up for grabs. Like technically, yeah, like I, I think, you know, even at three and four, they can still win this division. Like it wouldn't shock me. I think they were three and five last year and, yeah. and they won a the division. Like they won a the division eight and nine. Like you can, you can still do that. But, um, you know, at, at this point, uh, I just don't think they're going to be looking at it like why give up a draft pick um, right now for somebody who's most likely going to be a rental. So uh, I wouldn't expect anything to happen at the deadline, even though I know fans are going to be frustrated by that. I know it's going to be, um, uh, you know, annoying you know, for some fans to want to see change, especially after three straight losses. Um, I think it's going to have to come internally, you know, by. Benching some players, maybe by benching Ryan Neal, um, maybe by, you know, sitting Keyshawn Vaughn or, you know, sitting a few other guys. Like, I think that's where it's going to come and not necessarily from the trade deadline. Disappointing game, disappointing night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on primetime. But the good news for you and I, Evan, that's the final primetime of the uh, game of the year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. Thank God. We can look forward to a plethora of one o'clock kickoffs and maybe one or two 425 games as we round out the rest of the NFL season. But approaching the halfway point of the 2023 NFL regular season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and four, very much a chance to still win the division, but losers of their last three, we are going streaking and not in a good way, looking to right the ship before things potentially get really out of hand with some tough opponents still set to... uh, to play Tampa Bay here in the next few weeks. But that's just about going to do it for this post-game reaction episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram, Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out his written work. 
at BucksNation.com. You got anything this week? Uh, I'm going to have the reactions uh, post. I don't know when. Uh, probably won't be tomorrow. Um, I, I don't know exactly when, uh, but it will be probably sometime this weekend. That That's that's all I can really say. So be on the lookout for that. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter, slash X, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We got dropped frames all over the place, so I think it's a perfect <laughs> time to wrap up this week's podcast. We will talk to you soon. Hopefully with some better news, anything else that we hear, we will keep you updated along the way. Thank you, folks, for hanging out with us live. I know it's been a late night, so we'll wrap this thing up. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you again for listening, and go Bucks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.